0: What's up, buds? And as the puck drops, the
1: words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. George Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I am your host Adam Stringham and today I'm happy to be joined by Brian Stabby. How you doing, Brian?
0: I'm um, great. Caps just won, so I'm feeling even better.
1: Yeah, we're recording this right after the Capitals were able to actually uh, win in Toronto, their first win against the Maple Leafs this year um and, and it kind of comes on the heel of a pretty big day for the capitals uh, really a big two days as they waived Devontae smith pelly yesterday and then today when smith pelly went unclaimed they were able to make a trade for carl haglin um brian I, I kind of you know i jumped right in there but why don't you kind of first sorry tell our the listeners a little bit about yourself i mean you're pretty new to japer's rink and then kind of uh i want to get your thoughts on the uh, last two days
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, this is my first season writing, perhaps my I don't know, 10th season reading or at least that's what it feels like. Uh I grew up in the DC area, then left went to school, got stuck smack dab in between uh a bunch of Flyers fans and a bunch of Pens fans and really kind of had to fight the good fight all while just taking immense amounts of crap for the penguins winning two cups while I was up there. And then flyers fans, anytime they'll poke a knife in your ribs, they will just to let you know that they're better than you are, even though I think it's just an inferiority complex, uh, moved back down to the area about a year and a half, two years ago, I've been writing for one of our other SB nation sites, Hogshaven for about two years. And, and Becca put out that all call before the season started uh, looking for some new folks to chip in. I have, I I put my hand up immediately and was very pleased to hear that Becca was looking to uh, bring me on, and I'm been loving it so far. I I think our readers are brilliant, and I'm not saying that to suck up to anybody, but I mean, you know, not not a bad tactic. But the the conversation and the discourse that happens. Uh, in our comment section and internally the the writers everyone's so brilliant it's just been really great to be a part of such a very sharp bright welcoming hockey community
1: well we're we're very happy to have you so um you know our 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 fan base our, our our comment section is generally pretty on top of their game and uh you know, I haven't really seen what they've said so far, but what do you think about kind of uh, both DSP getting sent down to Hershey, uh, going unclaimed, and then <laughs> the acquisition of um, of Hagelin from the Los Angeles Kings?
0: I mean, it totally sends a message, the DSP move. I think there's a lot of empathy there, the perception being that he probably passed up a bit of a payday to come back on a discount, uh, and some of that was to maybe try to give him a bit of a victory lap. He was such a hero for this team last year, especially in the playoffs, and is generally beloved in D.C., and I think his teammates really like him. Uh, but the fact is he has not been performing this year. He's He's been a healthy scratch a couple of times, and I think arguably should have not had a sweater on several nights in addition to that. I mean, he was shooting, he had like 55, 54 games, just four goals and four assists. Um, I feel like one of the things I've really felt about this team this year is they do have some nice depth in the bottom six on their forwards. And so to give DSP a sweatshirt or a shirt when he wasn't producing, it just felt like a wasted opportunity. And frankly, you know, for Coach Shad he's been kind of taking some flack, namely because they haven't been dominating. And so to really send this message, say, look, you know, this is a guy that we brought back, or at least the perception is that we brought him back because of the reputation, what he's done for us, but to say like we're still we still have designs on being able to win and be successful and no one, even a, a hero in last year's playoffs, is gonna be safe. I mean, it, it definitely makes a statement.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you you kind of look at DSP's year, and he's been pretty lackluster, right? I mean, you've had, <clears throat> he, has, he hasn't been awful or anything, but, you know, you'd you expect a bit more from him, especially given how he performed in the playoffs. Um, you know, the, the fourth line in general, the Capitals kind of, um, they got Yaskin and Dowd to kind of augment the fourth line with Jay Beagle's departure, and, um, you know, Chandler Stevenson hasn't been great either, but... They really had four guys that, that, that were capable of playing on the fourth line, and uh, I'm not really shocked that DSP was the guy to go down, although you know, part of that might have been that they actually get more cap relief by sending down DSP than they would have if they had sent down uh, Jaskin. So I think that, that's, that's pretty interesting, and um, I think you're right. It does send a kind of a message, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I mean, I, I very much expect that he will be back up on the roster, um, assuming the Capitals make the playoffs this year.
0: Well, and the other piece that I think kind of surprised me, there were all these, as soon as he got put on waivers, everyone was ready to kind of do the thank you, DSP, we we love you, thank you for your time here. But then the fact that he cleared waivers, I think that speaks volumes to the fact that there were all these other teams who could have gone out there and put a claim in on him, and they saw... A player that wasn't necessarily worth the money that he was getting, and um, or the roster spot. And it's not as though he's, you know, raking it in. And he's not a huge hit, but the f- clearly, he's the type of player that you at least put out some a feeler on. You, you talk to your scouting department, and the fact that no one said, "Let's put a claim out on DSP." I think also speaks volumes to where what he's done this year. And hopefully it does send the message. I would love to see him back because he seems like a playoff type player and maybe he's able to figure it out and come back and be productive. But I'm not, I don't know. It's just, um, he he can't be thrilled with how he's been playing. And I hope that going to Hershey is going to be something for him that he decides to take that chip on his shoulder and really bounce back.
1: Yeah, I mean it's got to be a kind of a tough spot for a guy that probably could have got paid more money by someone else as you said during the summer. Um and then to have, you know, 30 other teams with the option to take him at a million dollar cap hit and for all of them to pass up is uh, you know, pre- pretty telling of where his game is right now or at least yeah. what the general perception is of him as a player uh at at this point in time. Which, you know, to be honest, I'm a little surprised by um, I, I would have thought at a million dollars, some other team would have been willing to take a flyer uh, on him. But um, we'll we'll see what happens here down the stretch. But, but let's get into, to talk about kind of, you know, the guy that the Capitals were able to pick up after waiving DSP, and that, of course, is Carl Hagelin, uh, who Capitals fans are very familiar with due to his time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, primarily with the Rangers and the Penguins. Uh, obviously, a huge part of that HBK line for Pittsburgh that did so much damage to the Capitals, um, especially uh, two and three years ago. Um, really, when the Penguins, I guess it was really three years ago now, when um, kind of Kessel combined with Benino and Hagelin, just the Capitals had no answer for that speed. Um, and, and, you know, Hagelin hasn't quite been the same player this year, his, his numbers are down. But you know, I, I think it's a it's a great move for the Caps. Very low risk. Um, they didn't lose any roster players. Um, to me, this is a no-brainer, and uh, really the the type of move that you know, no matter what happens, it, it, you look good as a general manager because you, you you took a shot with absolutely no risk involved.
0: Yeah, definitely a low risk, high reward situation. Um, again like a playoff type player. I think a lot of people in the days leading up to this were saying they're looking for a Michael Kempney 2.0. And I feel as though Haglin has the potential to be that guy. His speed is phenomenal. I think he's going to help out on the penalty kill and God knows they need the help right now. Uh, They're like 22nd in the league in Penalty kills. And uh, I mean, to give you that bottom six depth, I assume he's going to play in the third line. Isn't that kind of where you, you imagine he slots in?
1: I've got no idea where they're going to go with him, to be honest with you. I kind of see, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a sec, but I don't know how they're going to fit him in with Burakovsky and, and all that sort of stuff.
0: But they're the, the, I, I feel as though they're going to make another move here. it I don't think they can, you can't be done right now. And one of the things that I think was really nice about this deal that makes brian mcclellan look even better is they're paying like a quarter of his salary and I hear they're paying as much as uh, the penguins are paying for him right now and you know that's always something to give you a little uh, little extra spark
1: yeah i mean i think well i, th- I think the penguins are only retaining what like two hundred fifty thousand or something like that or may- maybe it's more but the caps are paying him a very small amount because the kings retained 50 percent. i mean yep. that- that's what makes the deal such a big win uh, in my mind obviously
0: Well, uh, to to back up, you know, there were those with the DSP move. There were those rumors or the rumblings earlier on in the day that Yaskin was the one who was going to get sent down, and then it ended up being DSP. And I think a lot of people seem to think that it was because of the difference in salary. And then you make this move, which clearly they had to do some negotiating in order to keep some salary off the books. It just feels as though there's like half a player there that if you get one guy off the active roster and flip him, you can sort of take that salary hit based off of the difference in DSP to Yaskin and then not having to pay even a you know half of what Carl Hagelin's gonna make.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be interesting to kinda of see what they do. I mean I I I don't really expect the Capitals to make another move. Um I, I don't think there's a lot of I mean I've been kind of saying this for a bit. I don't think you you win a lot of trades with Andre Um I think the value on him right now isn't the highest. It's getting higher. He's been playing better, but I mean, I just don't. I, I really just don't see how you're going to get a good value on a return. I think he's a better uh, draft day trade. Maybe. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, get a couple picks for him. I just don't think you're going to get a roster player that has the potential to give you as much. As Burakovsky does and I mean when, when you look at the roster right now you know where, where do you really need to upgrade right I mean you need maybe a fourth line center a face-off specialist and I, I'm, I'm generally not a huge guy on on, on getting a player just for face-offs uh, I mean if essentially if Kuznetsov doesn't take face-offs the Capitals are okay they're not good at face-offs but they're not awful it's really just when because Kuzn- I mean Kuznetsov's just garbage this year so yeah um I mean and then the defense I don't really think the problem's necessarily the third pairing as much as higher up and Burkofsky's not going to net you uh a second line defenseman prob or second pairing defenseman probably unless you think there's another like, kind of Kempney like player out there but I'm not I'm not sure uh there are that many of them around but uh I've been wrong before
0: I feel like you know, last year around the trade deadline, there are these somewhat similar conversations about Burra, where they said, "Oh, he's playing poorly, so move him." But I mean, last year it was one of those situations where his his trade value couldn't have been any lower. And so, f- the only type of team that I could see bringing him in, sort of based on the fact that he's getting towards the tail end of his contract, is if they're trying to do a salary dump and think that they're going to have a chance to re-sign Burra going forward because I do think his ceiling is still high. I think he has not attained all that he can can attain but looking forward for the Caps this offseason, they're going to have some tough decisions to make and I think Burkowski is going to be one of these guys where it's... I just don't know if, if he comes back even if they have the opportunity to. So if there's a team that is trying to look to move a player... Uh, maybe a veteran, this could be set up kind of a rental situation. I I mean, I'm not sold on the idea, but it's just tricky because it just feels like Burra has never quite done what everyone has really hoped he would be able to do here, and I don't know if he necessarily slots in as the type of player that they need to sort of complete a fully well-rounded roster right now.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you look at what he kind of did, and I mean— Really, in the last six games of the playoffs, he was pretty good. Uh, he yes. Played, but, but that was about it. I mean, at, well, he looked good in the first couple of games against Columbus before he got hurt as well, I'd say. Um, but I don't know, it, it, it's a tough call because you kind of have to look at what's out there, and it's always about kind of maximizing your value. And for the Capitals to bring Burakovsky back um, on a qualifying offer, you know, it's going to be, I think, $3.25 million at least just for the qualifying offer and um you kind of look back in the past i mean the capitals were able to get both dsp and Connolly for less than their qualifying offer they didn't qualify them and then they renegotiated the contracts so i think there's a potential you could see that there um but it's going to be kind of interesting i mean one guy that people have talked about potentially coming back to washington is uh good old Marcus Johansson, Uh, he he was a healthy scratch on Thursday night for the New Jersey Devils, so he is almost certainly going to be moved before the deadline, Um, but I think he's a stretch to get back in D.C., but but what are your kind of thoughts on MJ90? Do you see him as a guy that could be a good fit?
0: I kind of do, and it's not just because I always liked him when he was here, um, and I'm Still kind of terribly frustrated how they mismanaged the expansion draft and that led to them having to jettison him i mean it's hard again to complain too much because in case anyone forgot the capitals did win the Stanley Cup but i i don't know I just think he would fit in to what they're looking for I, he has been hurt he's taken some really bad uh, he had some concussion problems for a while I think he had another upper body situation and New Jersey right now, I think they're I think they're looking to sell um, they kinda they're one of these teams that I feel like is doing a rebuild on the fly, and mojo could be a casualty of that, but I mean for his sake, I hope that he goes to somewhere that he's more happy than he is up there. I just feel as though I mean the thing I've been ruminating around in my head a little bit is if you could. I'll, all right. I'll pose the question: If you can move Burakovsky to New Jersey from Johansson, and then probably some picks on either side, does that is that a good deal?
1: I, I think I was thinking about that earlier. I mean, I think it's actually something that uh, JP and I bandied about actually about a month and a half, two months ago. Was kind of an MJ90 for Burakovsky type deal because Burakovsky's kind of he's kind of taken up that MJ90 rep, right? The guy who yeah, is never yeah, as good absolutely. as you want him to be um I mean Marcus Johansson was was more productive than Burakovsky's been recently Uh, on a per rate basis Burakovsky was Burakovsky did a lot with his minutes to start um you know I I think it's interesting with with MJ90 though you got to be a bit worried that even if the Caps trade for him he'd be hurt by the time the playoffs come around I mean he durability is a real problem for him and has been uh Really, it was he had some trouble with it in Washington, but it's been even worse since he left. So that's a concern, especially if it's a guy you're going to have to give up futures for as well.
0: That's true. I think with Berkowski, there the expectation with him is that he would be able to be a top six forward, and he has not played to that level. Whereas if you bring in a guy like Johansson, there isn't really these... You don't expect him to be a big-time scorer. You hope he can be a little bit more of a two-way player. You feel, I think, more in line with expectations, more comfortable having him as a third-line guy. So, I don't know. I just feel as though it, it would be a comfortable fit. I just don't know. Like you said, the the injury stuff is a little bit concerning. But again, they have the depth in the bottom six where I just don't know if, uh, if Burra is going to be able to really be as productive a like a like do you want Burr on your fourth line you know
1: no I I, I don't think his skill set works well with the fourth line I've said that before I mean he just he's a guy that needs kind of to be playing with better players and he's looked better back with Connolly and Eller recently um just doesn't look as out of place as he did earlier in the year um I mean look I don't expect Burkowski to be on this roster next year but I think maybe Marcus Johansson is a good example of a guy that's um, you know, would be an upgrade on the third or fourth, or really on the third line uh, over Burakovsky so it really kind of comes down to what the periphery pieces would have to be Right. and you know, there is something to be said for, kinda, he was a guy who, who played a pretty uh, important role down the stretch in the playoffs last year and you know, it, I, I imagine the Caps would have to give up more than just Burakovsky for uh, MJ90 um, with all the salary cap retention stuff that have to go into it as well. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how it shakes down here. But um, I personally do not expect to see the Capitals um, make any more moves personally.
0: I mean, I think the next 24 hours is going to be a very long 24 hours of refreshing Twitter. <laughs>
1: Well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We we, we got what Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's um, right.
0: Yeah. So I suppose it does go more than beyond the 24 hours. Yeah, it's like maybe how it's
1: I... maybe it's going to be like the Capitals were a few years ago, right? They do something, then they give up something in the next uh set of 2 minutes, they're going to do it in 2 days. So, we'll see yeah. here. Um now, you know, we we've seen this has been like an interesting year. We already kind of talked about how MJ90 is sitting uh on Thursday night for New Jersey. Uh, um, poor Ottawa is sitting pretty much anybody that anyone would have any interest in acquiring stone Duchesne, uh dezingle. I mean the, those guys are, are sellers of the deadline and they don't even have a, their own draft pick um kind of is there any other team in the east that you know you're kind of worried about you know doing something big here that would really upset the balance of power? I mean obviously teams like mainly Tampa. Is kind of a clear cut uh, above everybody else in the East. But is there anybody else that, that's doing anything at the deadline that makes you um, worried and make or, or, or make you think that the Caps need to do something more, uh, specifically to keep up with the Joneses?
0: The team that I'm kind of keeping an eye on is the Bruins, and right now they're sitting in second place in the Atlantic. But I was reading through rumors, and you know you can put as much stock into that as you'd like. But I've seen them go for um, people saying that they're going to maybe make a run for Wayne Simmons. It's just like they're kind of a very interesting team sitting at 80 points, so they're ahead of where the Caps are right now at 75. But uh, they they made a move today as well. I think they moved Donato, um, so they're they're all over the place, and I have a feeling that they're not done either. They're, they haven't lost a game in regulation in their last 10. And so this run, they kind of were in the middle of the pack there and decided, like, all right, we're, we're pushing in on it. And I think the recent success they've maybe gotten a little bit excited about and have said, all right, well, let's, let's make a run here. Um, that's a team that I think is going to continue to make some moves before the deadline.
1: Yeah, Boston is an older team generally, but they've, they've kind of done a great job infusing that older roster with some youth. And uh, staying competitive, I mean, they still have Bergeron, Marsh on, but you know, David Pasternak has been great, Charlie McAvoy. So yeah, that that that's really a, an interesting team that I think could definitely be um, a bit of a contender here heading into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I think the top three teams in the Atlantic are probably better than the top three teams in the Metropolitan this year. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the fact that the Islanders are leading the division continues to shock me. Um, I I just don't find their save percentage to be particularly sustainable. Um, You know, I I don't look back at Barry Trotz's tenure in Washington and say, hey, he really goosed Braden Holpe's save percentage up every year he was here, you know. um, I know that's something we looked at right when he came over to Washington from Nashville to see how he affected Pekka But that's probably a conversation better uh, right before the playoffs. But... um, you know, I don't have a ton else here to say relative to the trade deadline. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear that there are teams out there that um, you know, could, could do for an upgrade. Uh, I'm not 100% sure Washington is, is one of them that could do it realistically, especially if, if the goal here is to kind of make this team consistently competitive over the next five to six years. The Capitals have not really replenished their uh, prospect pool which obviously the, the the main goal is to win in the NHL and to win the Stanley Cup. Um, but if the goal is to kind of keep taking kicks at this can, um, they, they, they really at some point have to replenish their, their forward skill ranks. And uh, they haven't really done that now in, in, in quite a few years. So I'd like to see them hold on to their number one draft pick.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think personally I, I don't get too hung up or overly emotional about draft picks except for number one draft picks. I think sort of the the production on anything lower than a third is totally a crapshoot. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, with Washington, the quote-unquote window was supposed to have shut prior to last year. We all see how that worked out. So you never really know. You just got to get yourself to the dance. and. I don't spend a ton of time um, these days paying as close attention to the Hershey Bears as when I did when I was smack dab in the middle of central Pennsylvania. But you know they're on a really nice run right now, and you know they don't—they're not terribly prospect-heavy, especially as you said at the forwards. I mean, they obviously have Samsonov and a couple of other guys, but. It's nice right now to sort of see that at least they are being productive and are starting to gel with one another. And you hope at some point that's able to translate if and when some of these guys make it up uh, to the club, especially based on the Capitals' proclivity in the past of really developing their guys from Hershey and bringing them up. I mean, there's so many of the guys whose names are now on the Stanley Cup they played for Hershey and they played for Hershey together. I think it was something like 60% of the club last year had come up through their AHL system. So, you're right, down the line at, and not all that far from now, there's going to be some you're you're going to have some gaps and you're going to need to be able to fill in and you hope you can do it internally, but I have a lot of faith in the organization and how they build from the minor league level up to the 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 NHL. And hopefully they're able to continue to do that, even if it's not um, guys who are diamonds in the rough.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely is going to be interesting, going to see um, if, I I mean, you know, Hershey's in the midst of, as you said, a very, very hot streak. Um, But, you know, you look at the forward roster and there aren't a lot of guys that jump out at you, so... Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. You know, I don't know what Brian McClellan's plan is. He did say they're going to get kind of emotional on their next contracts for um, Backstrom and Ovechkin, or maybe he said nostalgic or something like that. So uh, I-, I think the plan is to keep both of those guys, even if you know we're paying them more, or we being the Capitals pay him them more than uh, you know you'd want to at guys at that age. So. Uh, I, I I think right now the Capitals still have to kind of be in that win now mentality. So we'll see what they end up doing before Monday's trade deadline. Um, that's all I have, Brian. You have
0: anything else? No, it's it's been a uh, really great to be a part of uh, Japers Rink. As I said again, sucking up to the to everybody out there. But um, I appreciate when I put typos or make mistakes in my recaps that. I have all these editors down in the comment section to let me know when uh, when that's there, and um, obviously coming on board after they've won a championship, um, you know, to be now a part of a Stanley Cup championship winning uh, group of folks is exciting, and I'm really hope to be able to be a part of it again this year and down the line, and I'm I have some some optimism, and it, it's not even cautious optimism. I am optimistic, and it's really the first time years after being hurt so many times that i feel as though you're kind of playing with house money and so whatever they do they do and i choose to believe that they're going to be able to get back to where they've been
1: yeah yeah well put uh brian when can, where can our listeners find you on twitter if they haven't already
0: i am at b stabby that's uh bravo sierra tango alpha bravo bravo echo i am very bad at twitter i mostly just post uh things that i've written and retweet funny things that other people have have said um i don't have a ton of original thoughts as it relates to social media it feels like a lot of extra work but uh you you can find me on there mostly live during games because i feel like that's where that platform is most useful
1: all right well brian thank you for coming on it was a lot of fun
0: yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh, you having me on, and it's always fun to talk little caps.
1: Definitely. Um, on behalf of myself and Brian Stabby, thank you for listening to this episode of Japers Rink Radio. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at StringhamA at Japers Rink Radio, and also at Brian Stabby. Um, I got that right, correct, Brian? You nailed it. All right, there we go. Um, and, you know, anytime you guys want to comment on one of our podcast please do and if there's a typo make sure you let brian know it's probably his fault
0: oh they will they'll they'll let us
1: all right thanks again for listening to this episode of japers rink radio